So as a principal, we get, we get blindsided by, oh, I, I, if I can do this, I can generate more revenue, just instantly quick cash. I'll just kick it in there. Um, if I can go buy this, get this little information, plug it in. It doesn't work that way because we're focused on our goal, which is bring in some quick hitting cash or a ta- one tactic that's going to solve all of my business problems, which isn't true. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, this is Michael Vesey from the Amazing FBA podcast for Amazon sellers. I'd like to introduce an episode from our sister podcast, The E-Commerce Leader, which is the show for the owner of any e-commerce business, including those outside of the Amazon sort of sphere. In this shorter episode, we bring you our hot takes on topical and central e-commerce subjects fresh from our experts panel, Chris Green, Jason Miles, Kyle Hamer, and myself, Michael Vesey. Enjoy the show. Many Amazon sellers think business growth is the same as sales growth. But if you're smarter, you know e-commerce businesses are sold as a multiple of profits, not of sales. So if you want to build a sellable business, you need to grow profits. And to grow profits, you need to cut waste and increase profitable sales. Our new quick assessment helps you identify your biggest Amazon profit killer and what to do about it. Go to AmazonProfitQuiz.com. That's AmazonProfitQuiz.com to get your free instant diagnosis. The owner of a thriving online business. In this bite-sized episode, Jason and Kyle share a practical tip that every e-commerce leader should know. Let's jump in. All right, we got a hot topic today, my man. We do indeed. How to avoid shiny object syndrome as an entrepreneur. And I think it's fair to say you and I do a lot of one-on-one coaching and consulting with folks. And we also have inner circle people we work with. And one of the most common issues we run into is people are just too scattered. Yeah. And they've got a great idea. They're talking to us about, and they start talking about their whole other great idea. (laughs) And uh, frequently or part of the exercise that we have to go through is to say, wait, what now? Like, how did all these things come about and work with people to figure out to deconstruct their journey towards viable projects? And so that's commonly referred to as being distracted by new, exciting things. This shiny object syndrome. We see it all the time. I think we're probably both susceptible to it as a disease or whatever you want to call it, a mental. So we thought we'd talk about that today. Have you seen that play out in recent times in your own business or other people's businesses? Oh, I, I see it all the time. Definitely in other people's businesses, but personally, it's just be real. Like I like marketing. I enjoy good marketing. Yeah. If you get me a good sales pitch, I'm going to be more likely not to try and want to hit that buy button. And you're a buyer. I like, I'm a buyer. And so I have to be, Yeah. you have to put in the mental disciplines in place to understand like what's driving that. Yep. And really be thoughtful about how you're going to be able to implement anything. Um, yeah. So yeah, today we want to talk about how do we avoid shiny object syndrome in our businesses and in our own life. And th- there are definitely people who I think weigh towards one side of the spectrum. There are people who refuse to buy anything. Yeah. And they, and then there's people who want to buy everything. Yeah. And they, they typically tend to be in my mind like. There are people who just get at like an emotional high out of buying and there isn't it like a, a release of endorphin yeah. that's proven and all that or whatever it is. Yeah. Or whatever it is. I don't yeah. quote me all sciencey people, but then there's also people who just love to learn. Yeah. 
So I actually into a learner box. Like I love going after a topic and just learning new things and consuming it and implementing it and mastering it and just doing it. And so if I'm in that mode or something I'm locked onto and somebody is, oh, God, check out this new thing. It's like topically related. I'm much more inclined to be like, oh, should I get that? Because I want to consume that knowledge. I want to implement it. And I want to put it into place and, and gain enough master, not even master around it, enough proficiency around it to implement it and get it working in our business. That's my background with that. That's the reason why you justify yeah. shiny objects. In there. That is my justification. Yes. Shiny objects. So I have to put in place basically like disciplines and yeah. feedback loop in essence. When I think of that, oh, I want to buy that. And then I need to step back and walk through the process yeah. before I even consider that, have conversations and stuff like that. So that's how I'm being better at non-shiny object syndrome. I think the question is if, so being a learner is a great thing, of course, and people should be voracious learners. So I think the question is, when does shiny object syndrome help you and when does it hurt you? And I think what I've learned over watching people's journey and my own journey too, yeah. is that sometimes we come to very hard problems and we don't know how to solve them. Yeah. And in the anxiety related to that, we can look for an escape hatch and want to back away from the heat on that problem and find something that might be different in an entertaining way mentally, rather than beating your head against the wall to solve the hard problem that you need to solve. One of the most common ways that we see people have this kind of challenges when they have a product strategy that's marginal or failing or maybe non-existent, but they haven't pushed through to find a, a single or a double or a triple in baseball terms mm -hmm. on the product strategy side. So the distraction in that context is just, let's just go find other product strategies and with the hope that maybe something will be easier than what they were already working on. And that's frequently, I think in my opinion, that's frequently what we see people distracted by. And it can be a real problem. And I uh, talked to somebody yesterday who had a really interesting opportunity, a big opportunity. And yet halfway through the conversation, started talking to me about a whole different opportunity that was, in my opinion, just a much lesser opportunity. And that is a, is a perfect example. Like you've got something really exciting, really just huge potential. And yet there's something that's a siren song calling you away towards different mental and emotional and time focus. And so I think that's, so that's part of the, the biggest question for me is when does it hurt you? When does it help you? Because if it, if you actually have something working and you say, oh, I'm going to learn everything there is to know about this, I'm going to stack my education. I'm going to get every possible training I can because this thing that I'm working on is working. Yeah. And it's not shiny object syndrome. Then it's just mastery of a trade skill to enhance what's your, what working in terms of your product strategy or brand. Right. That's how I look at it these days. It's not just good or bad. It's like, when is it good? When is it bad? Exactly. I think it comes down to a couple of things for me as well with that. And that is one, is it just information or is it really insight into an issue? Because an insight for me, the much more value than information, because information about a topic is plentiful. There's tons of it. Now, whether that information is good or bad, that's, you have to decide that and sort that out. But it's really insight 
that is of value to me. Yeah. So that's another thing in which I weigh information or product yeah. or whatever it is I'm buying. Is it actually insightful by someone who's a, a truly an operator? Somebody who had sold a bunch of things on their Shopify store in 2013, created a course and like, this is how you do it. Yeah. Tries to systemize and sell a tactic. Yeah. So that's for me, another thing to think I like that. Yeah, absolutely. So that gets to the quality of what you're being distracted by, right? <laughs> There's the gradations of quality related to all of the online trainings. There's tons of stuff you can get for a, a free Kindle book that could be good or stuff you can get for a $2,000 course that can be bad. There's just all these layers. So that's a whole different issue. The worst scenario is when there's a bad product or a product that's bad for you because it's just not right. appropriate. Yeah. And it's sold by people who are good salesmen or saleswomen. Yeah. And then you've got a really emotional engagement to this idea, the attachment to it. And yet it's just of no practical trade skill value for you in terms of scaling up your product strategy or your brand strategy. I think that's when it can really hurt you a lot. And I think a lot of this has to do with just your focus, your time and, and energy. Are you an easy target for marketers? If you're scrolling in Facebook a lot, you're going to see a ton of ads for marketing uh, courses and programs if you're in the industry. If when you do that, you're a target. Obviously, people can retarget you on YouTube ads as well. And so you see a lot of stuff that way. I think the most interesting piece of shiny object syndrome is when you do find something that you have a feeling it could work or is working and then you stay the course with it and then you find the supplemental resources. I think business is hard because a lot of people will discount what they have for the greener pasture somewhere else. Yeah. And there's always this idea that what this kernel of an idea is somehow in, inadequate or insufficient. And I think that if there's any lesson I've learned over the last 10 years in our funny little category, doll clothes patterns, it's that there is no niche that's too small. And, you know, there's no idea that isn't, if you, there's certainly bad industries and good industries, but I think any idea, if you really s stop and think about it long enough, you can start to find opportunity there. And I think many people candidly just don't go deep enough into their topic. I, one metaphor I used uh, this week when we were talking to somebody was it's almost like Gold Rush Alaska, the TV show where those guys have to bulldoze in the Klondike. They bulldoze all the topsoil off and it could be two feet or it could be 20 feet until they get down to bedrock. And that's where the gold is. And I think a lot of people just take a first pass over the top of an idea, product idea or niche, and they don't see any results. And so then they just ah, forget it. Grass is greener somewhere else. I'll go find something else. And what they really needed to do was take a second a pass and a third pass. So they got down to a viable product strategy and then they would ha actually start to have some real traction. But so many times people aren't willing to invest that much time and energy into an idea and they don't believe themselves or just don't believe their intuition that it's a, that there's something there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I think, and I think that sort of goes back to this idea where often these courses are tactically based, right? I think entrepreneurs, business people, e-commerce sellers, whatever, we get obsessed over the newest tactic. Instagram stories. Instagram, or Facebook messenger bot. Yeah. And, oh, those, yeah. those Danny yeah. <laughs> and Danny Chat, it, it's crushing it for a lot of people, right? Yeah. And it's doing a job, but it's yeah. still a tactic. It still has to be layered upon valid strategies 
and valid branding and valid product approach. And really the idea of these principles that have to be instilled into your business that you have to decide upon. Which is the point of, yes, for me, uh, when we talk to students and the, some of their goals for our coaching clients and for people that we talk to, they just want to make money. Like their goal is that I got to make money and survive. And, and I get that. That's yeah, not, really. everyone's in that boat, right? Like you need to make a certain amount of income. But in business, your customer doesn't necessarily care at all whether or not you're making any money. Sure. What they care about is how are you as a company, a product, a brand serving them yeah. And empowering them to accomplish their dreams and goals. So yeah. as a principle, yeah. we get, we get blindsided by, oh, I, I, if I can do this, I can generate more revenue, just yeah. instantly quick cash. I'll just kick it in there. Um, if I can go buy this, get this information, plug it in. It doesn't work that way because we're focused on our goal, which is bring in some quick hitting cash or a ta- one tactic that's going to solve all of my business yeah. problems, which isn't true. And instead, if we begin to pivot and like, how do, who do my serving? How do I serve them better? How do I help them accomplish their goals with my product and brand? Right. That's a much higher level principle that as we shift towards that and begin to build out our strategies to serve those principles, then the tactics that we slot in begin to crystallize into focus on which ones we should be focusing on and doing and not all of them or getting rid of some that aren't going to be a good fit. And we can move through that process. I love that. So the idea, um, just to mock the idea out a little bit, it's who yeah. cares if you know how to do Manny chat if you don't have a product. And so, exactly. so then the principles you're talking about are have a niche market that is a tribe that you honestly can serve for the long term. Yeah. Have a brand that speaks to who they are and really connects with them at an emotional level, deep meaning, a real reality in your branding concept. And then of course, a product or product suite that actually is defensible for the long term. And the defensibility of your product as a first principle is literally like, and that's what, that's the hardest thing to do in business. But if you could do it, then literally every tactic will help you and potentially, and but you'll have that as almost like your, it's like the foundation upon which you can build out tactics. So those three, four principles a niche, a a brand, product suite, those elements are the bedrock that you just got to spend 95% of your time and energy on that stuff until you lock down and forget everything else. It's a distraction. I agree. I think if you're obsessing about those things, you'll have so much more, you're going to have freedom in your business. Yeah. One of the things I think that distractions and all of the marketing messages and tactics that you're getting all the time. And, and you got, ooh, 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 you open up your inbox and you're looking at all these emails. And, and there's a, there's a, an, a output of mental energy yeah. that you're using in making those decisions that you can free yourself from. You'd be like, no, I'm just not, I'm going to ignore them. In fact, one of the tips away you would avoid shiny object syndrome, if you're finding yourself pulled into it, just start unsubscribing. Because yeah. guess what? The reality is all those marketers that you're afraid you might miss their message, they'll get you back some other way. Like you, <laughs> they're, they're going to retarget you or there's going to be something in the future yeah. launch. You're like, oh, that's cool. I want to get that. And you'll get back on their list. Yeah. Well, mark my words. You'll be back on people's lists, even if you unsubscribe from them. That's oh, a good way. I got another way. You got other ways. I was just going to say, do that. But if you focus on these principles first, yeah, it's going to free up your mental energy to have the creativity and the bandwidth 
to really start to go deep in those things. And that's what we, like to your said, what you said was really important. And that is focus your energy. 90% of your energy should be on answering these fundamental questions and answering them in the way in which you have zero. That's hard because you want to, is this true? Is this really the case? And you have to get really clear on the fact that I have zero doubt who my audience is, how I'm going to serve them. And what they're, what I can do with my products to make that happen for them. And when you get there, there's so much clarity and so much, okay, I know who I am. And that empowers you to take that next step in a different strategy. I got another way to avoid shiny object syndrome, and that's to have a specific training budget and a training time allocation. So for example, you say to yourself, I'm only doing one training course or book to focus on this month. And I really want to go super deep into it. So I'm just going to choose one or just say, you know what? I'm only going to spend $2,000 this year total for the whole 12 months on education. Yeah, that's great. And then that will force you to say, oh, never mind. I don't need to learn about that. I'll just Google around on that topic and I'm not going to spend any money or waste any big time on anything other than just a couple core essential courses or programs, or maybe just one, who knows? Yeah. And maybe your budget would be $500 or maybe it's whatever. But I think budgeting your time and your money will really force you to scale up or level up the quality of the educational information you consume and in that way help you get real clarity on how those shiny objects are contributing to your core business yeah Yeah. i love that's a great tip because that also systemizes the process forces you into experience and i have a backlog of stuff that i'm like okay i really want to read that or yeah or i bought it and i never watched it or whatever i have this content somewhere and, and that's cool but i also have this is the area that I'm focused on. Yeah. And I'm not going to not, I'm learning nothing else until this is implemented at a proficient level in my business. Yeah. There's a level of proficiency that has to take place with it that I have to be satisfied with. That's actually systemized and operational. And I've either decided I'm doing it. I'm We're hiring someone to do it, or it's somebody that we're going to have as an intern or somebody as a staff person that's going to do this and, and implement it. Right. Yep. But that's the finish line for me. Yeah. On one end, when I'm, when I'm looking at a new tactic or I'm looking at some piece of information, like how do, is this going to get operationalized? Yeah. And until that's clear for me, I'm in it. I'm like, okay, let's, how does this work? How do we solve this? How do we implement this? And yeah. I think once you create those cover, in essence, it's a mental KPI. Yeah. Here's where we're at. Here's where I want to go. Here are the steps you need to go to get there. And you're checking those off as you go. Nothing else matters. Yeah. Like I'm not even, I would honestly create a, a, a along with unsubscribing, one of the things you can do if you're like, I don't want to subscribe, create a brand new email address that you only use for all of the stuff you sign up for. <laughs> don't ever ch- and check it like once a month or don't yeah. check it until you're done with what you're doing. That's a good uh-huh. tip. So that, that you can implement as well. It's really easy. It keeps you like, I don't care about that email. There's nothing yeah. that I need to check on and okay. go with it. I got one more for you and then we'll wrap it up. Right. Another way you can avoid shiny object syndrome is just have a close knit circle of friends, internet friends or whatever. And when you see a super awesome course, just ask them, Hey, have you already done this training? And what's the key takeaway? Is it worth it? And I've done that before. I've had people ask me about other trainings, which I will not name. And I'll say, yeah, this is their one thing that they teach, or this is the one thing that is helpful. And I'll just tell them what it is. Like here's the technique or whatever. Cause a lot of this stuff is maybe a lot of training hung on just one or two insights or one or two things that somebody figured out. And so 
there's nothing wrong with that. If you learned it, if you spent 2000 bucks or whatever, 997 going through a course and somebody asks you, just tell them, Hey, this is, here's what they'll tell you. And frequently that's enough for that other person. Okay. I get that. I can Google that. I'm done. And that's not trying to be uncool to the marketers involved. It's just trying to help people out who candidly, we're all short on time and there is a finite amount of educational budget we all have. So I think just having a good group of mastermind friends is helpful. Dude, this is fantastic stuff. Love it. I would say we have to wrap it up, but I think we've listed what three or four solid ways. Definitely. Yep. And sorry, I broke the internet there. Correct. I'm I'm back. Come down, Ralph. Ralph, no, you're not. Okay, now you are. Okay. All right. We're done. (laughs) We're good. One way to avoid shiny objects, don't even break the internet. There's no internet. You can't, there are no things to read and buy. You're done. Have bad internet. (laughs) Secret to success. Bad internet. (laughs) All right, man. Later. Thanks for listening to this episode of the e-commerce leader. Hey, don't forget to subscribe because when you do, you'll get notified. And next time you log into your podcast player, you'll see our latest episode nestling at the top of your list. Thanks again for listening. Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, part of the amazing FBA podcast family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening.